Hi everyone and welcome to this podcast. Today we will be discussing an overview of sick day management and some practical tips for who, what, when and where, including where to access resources and guidelines to stay up to date with this information. This podcast is proudly supported by Pharmaco Australia Limited, suppliers of CareSense blood glucose monitoring systems. I'd like to introduce our guest for today, Jodine Ball is an experienced diabetes educator working in the public health system since she completed her postgraduate certificate in 2010. Her primary health discipline is a registered nurse and she began her career in 1994. She's been employed in the Regional Community Health Service at Port Macquarie as a clinical nurse consultant since 2012. She has extensive experience of working with adults with all types of diabetes. She's also an active member of the ADEA, regularly entering into mentoring partnerships with new members to support their initial credentialing journey and currently holds the position of ADEA New South Wales Branch Chair. The learning objectives for this podcast are firstly to gain greater understanding of the available sick day management guidelines, secondly to gain further understanding of whose sick day management plans are appropriate for and when they should be discussed. Thirdly, to gain greater understanding of what a home sick day management kit may include. Fourthly, to gain greater awareness of the importance of ketone monitoring, how to monitor ketones and action to take based on ketone results. Finally, to gain greater awareness of signs and symptoms of diabetic ketoacidosis, euglycemic DKA and hyperglycemic hypermosmolar state all medical issues that can rise during intercurrent illness and diabetes. So hi, how are you today, Jodine? Hi, Jen. I'm really well, thank you. And thank you for coming on as a guest today to talk about this large and crucial aspect of diabetes management. I understand you found the clinical guideline guiding principles for sick day management of adults with type 1 or type 2 diabetes, a guide for health professionals, extremely beneficial and that you use them regularly in your clinical work. I'm just wondering if you can tell us briefly, because we will go into this in a bit more detail in a minute, but a few of the top reasons why these guidelines are so important to you in your clinical practice. Yes, sure. Um, Jen, for all people living with diabetes, everyday illnesses and infections can be challenging to manage. Blood glucose levels can be both high or low or have no effect depending on the type of illness the person is experiencing. Jen, the guidelines provide a really clear framework for me as a CDE and the person with diabetes to self-manage this aspect of diabetes care and reduce the risk of serious complications, which can be life-threatening. So, Jodine, as you've just highlighted, sick day management is obviously relevant to all those living with diabetes, and it's not something that should only be discussed with those managing type 1 diabetes. I'm just wondering if you can expand on why it's important to ensure everyone living with diabetes is educated and feels confident regarding their their up-to-date sick day management plan and also maybe give us an example perhaps that you've come across in your clinical practice to, to highlight this issue. 
Yeah, Jan, um, the development of a sick day management plan should empower people with uh, diabetes by building their knowledge and confidence, um, reduce the stress and anxiety during periods of illness. A sick day management education will also ensure that the person with diabetes is able to identify the signs and symptoms of illnesses. They can understand the impact illnesses will have on their blood glucose and ketone levels, and they can have a clear understanding of the self-management interventions that can minimise the effect of illnesses on blood glucose levels and recognise when medical assistance is required, who to contact and uh, when to attend hospital. I do have um, an example of where I've used um, the sick day management plans with a person with type 1 diabetes um, using an insulin pump. Um, they followed the recommendations of increasing their monitoring of blood glucose levels and their ketone levels. They changed their insulin pump side, including the cannula, uh, the tubing, the reservoir, and also they administered the calculated supplementary dose of insulin as a bolus and increased their basal rate. Now, all of these interventions were clearly provided in the sick day management plan, and that allowed the person with type 1 diabetes to prevent any further acute deterioration with confidence. Thank you so much for that. So just to clarify, what classifies as a sick day and when should someone be implementing their sick day management plan? Yes, Jan, um, a sick day is when a short-term illness or infection is experienced, which requires the person with diabetes to make changes to their usual diabetes management or to their medications to prevent either hyperglycemia, hypoglycemia, and the development of um, diabetic ketoacidosis, DKA, or hyperglycemic hyperosmolar state, HHS. The changes are usually only needed when until the person has recovered and they start to feel well again. Jen, the sick day action plan should be implemented if the person feels unwell, even if their blood glucose levels are in their target range, or if a, the person's blood glucose level is elevated above 15 millimoles for an extended period of time, even if they do still feel well, and also if there are positive ketones in the blood or the urine, we'd like them to start using their sick day um, action plan. The guidelines for the period of time and the ketone levels that require attention are determined by the type of diabetes and the current medication management that that person with diabetes is using. Um, this, the ADA sick day, re, sick day resources um, that have been developed can really support CDEs to provide appropriate and individualised education and the sick day, and sick day plans for each person. What would this plan actually look like? And I guess very importantly, what items should be encouraged to be included in a home sick day management kit along with the plan? And do you have, again, any example of how you've worked with somebody to develop a sick day management plan and, and their home kit? Yeah, sure. Um, Jen, the sick day plan um, should provide uh, guidance on, on how the person with diabetes um, should manage when they're feeling unwell and, importantly, that to know when they should be getting medical assistance. Um, key steps that should be included in the plan are when to check blood glucose levels and how often, 
Um, and the target blood glucose range for each person should be documented. Um, advice on checking ketone levels for those people at risk. Advice on medication should be included, what to adjust and which ones to stop. Um, food and fluid intake is an important part of the plan as well. And some advice on alternative options if needed if the person is unable to eat and drink normally. I've found that the ADA six-day resources, especially the My Diabetes Six-Day Action Plans, are a great tool for CDEs to comprehensively provide all of that required information and tailor it to the type of diabetes and the medication management of each person. There's lots of things that could be included in a sick day kit. Some of the recommended items um, would be a copy of the person with diabetes um, sick day management plan. So they've got that there to refer to. Um, telephone numbers or for medical and support people. A blood glucose machine that can also monitor blood ketone levels if the person is at risk. And importantly, having in-date testing strips for both of those in the kit. A blood glucose diary could be included, or for some people, they'll just include um, pen and paper to record the blood glucose levels and any other information should that need to be um, recalled for medical purposes and to get support. A, therm a thermometer could be included to check for a temperature. Pain relief medication could also be included in the sick day kit. Again, taking into account and thinking about the interactions of some um, pain relief medications with uh, CGM systems. Food and drink for sick days could be included for, and we would like to include both carbohydrate containing food options and some carbohydrate free options. I encourage people to um, include some hypo treatment stock and a glucagon injection. If the family and the carers or carers have been educated in its use. In-date rapid acting insulin, if required for a sick day plan, could also be included if that's needed. Insulin syringes or insulin pens and needles. And for people on insulin pump therapy, including some spare insulin pump consumables is a good idea to have included in that. I always discuss in um, preparing a sick day kit with my clients as part of the sick day management education and in preparing a sick day action plan. From my experience to support people, I try and enforce the importance of checking the kit regularly every three to six months, as I have had clients um, go to use their kit and items were out of date. Luckily, um, in my experience, one of the people had... Um, had a support from family members there to assist with replacing that stock that was required. But this didn't the stresses during that period. I do try and help prepare people with that. So, Jamie, what are some of the practical tips CBEs can use to support someone who's unwell and maybe phones or turns up to clinic? And, again, do you have an example of when this has occurred for you and how you supported that person? And are there any other resources apart from the guidelines that you use regularly? And we could always add those as links on LMS if that's necessary. Um, yeah, thanks. Yeah, Jan, I often have people with um, diabetes contacting my service for sick day management support. Um, and for most people who've been provided with a sick day education and a plan, some of the most practical tips can just be discussing the steps in that plan with the person and providing reassurance in their self-management and to support 
their decision to seek medical assistance when that's required. Um, I have an example from a little while back, Jan, of a lovely lady who is diagnosed with type 1 who comes to my clinic. Um, she had recently moved to my area due to social issues, which meant that she had to move away from her family supports. She, when we first met her, she was very anxious about her diabetes management. Um, so I provided some sick day education with her and together we completed the sick day action plan and she actually laminated that and stuck that on her, her wall. Quite often she'd call me to confirm the steps of her sick day plan, um, including the amount of increased monitoring she'd done and her ketone testing and her insulin adjustment. She had really good understanding of it but was always just seeking that reassurance. So together, we'd, over the phone, we'd talk, plan over and we'd review the management and um, best to reduce her risks of complications. I actually received a call from her uh, last week and she was ringing to tell me that she'd been unwell and um, the week prior and she'd followed her plan and she'd forgotten to call me as she usually does. So she's ringing to apologise because now she's really confident in this area of self-management. So it shows that um, we really can help people with this area of self-management. Some of the other resources that I also do use, Jan, is to enhance the sick day management education, include um, the NDSS Diabetes Australia fact sheets, um, managing sick days for type 1 diabetes and also managing sick days for type 2 diabetes. And another great resource that I've used is the Baker Heart and Diabetes Institute fact sheet, hyperglycemia and sick day management for adults with type 1. Um, I've found that these resources can complement the ADA sick day resources um, due to the person with diabetes learning needs. They might like to have some of those alternative resources too. Thank you for that. And I wonder if you could give our listeners a brief explanation of diabetic ketoacidosis or DKA, some of the signs and symptoms to be aware of and the diagnostic criteria that are used for that, please. Yeah, sure, Jan. Um, diabetic ketoacidosis is a, um, a serious condition that can be life-threatening that occurs when the levels of glucose and ketones in the blood are elevated. It does occur mostly in people with type 1 diabetes, but it can occur in people with type 2 diabetes with low insulin production and, and those that are prescribed um, SGLT2 inhibitor class of medications. The diagnostic criteria for DKA include um, a blood glucose level above 11 millimoles per litre or known diabetes, um, an arterial pH below 7.3, and a serum bicarb below 15 millimoles per litre and ketoanemia of greater than 3 millimoles per litre or significant keto ketonuria. Some of the symptoms or signs of DKA can include nausea, vomiting and or stomach pain, feeling drowsy, weak or confused, deep rapid breathing or a shortness of breath, um, a fruity odour to your breath and signs of dehydration like increased thirst, dry mouth and increased urination. DKA is really not the only medical emergency that can occur during intercurrent illness in those with diabetes, is it? Um, and I wonder if you could briefly explain what a hyperglycemia, hyperosmolar state actually is and how does it differ from DKA and what client base are most at risk for this? Yes, Jen. Um, hyperglycemic hyperosmolar state 
also known as HHS, is also a severe life-threatening acute complication. It differs from DKA um, in that it mostly occurs in elderly people with type 2 diabetes. It's characterised by severe hypoglycemia and dehydration. The diagnostic criteria includes a plasma glucose level of above 33 millimoles per litre, a serum osmolarity above 320 millimoles per kg, and no metabolic acidosis or ketonemia. Thanks for that, Jodine. And how about euglycemic DKA? Jen, euglycemic DKA is essentially DKA without the presence of hyperglycemia. Um, it occurs in type 1 diabetes and in type 2 diabetes, and it has been associated with um, SGLT2 inhibitor class medication and also um, carbohydrate food restriction. Um, an example of things like periods of fasting prior to procedures or surgery or for other religious reasons and or festivals and during gastrointestinal illnesses. Thank you so much for those really practical explanations. I'm wondering if you have any examples of when you've seen one or both of these conditions occur and what your role in the management looked like. Yeah, Jan, I, I haven't I have encouraged people with elevated blood glucose levels and ketone levels to seek medical assistance despite them following their sick day plan. Um, or if signs of DKA have developed that we listed earlier. And I've also had several people with type 2 diabetes attend my clinic post-discharge from hospital after being admitted with euglycemic DKA who have been prescribed SGLT2 inhibitors, but they weren't aware of this potential condition as they'd not previously attended a diabetes educator clinic. This for me highlights the real importance of the role of a CDE to provide sick day education for all people with diabetes and to ensure that people are aware of the potential risks associated with the medications they are prescribed. Great, thank you for that, Jodine. And from that information, it's obvious that potentially all those living with diabetes need to be aware of ketones, how to measure them, and what ketone levels indicate if needed. Uh, I was wondering if you could tell us a little about monitoring ketones during illness. And I know there are a number of meters that monitor both blood glucose levels and ketones, such as Pharmaco's CareSense dual meter, aren't there? And I believe Pharmaco also offer ketone action cards. And I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit about what resources and ketone meters are available and how you use these with clients regularly. Um, Jan, yeah, it's really important that all people with type 1 diabetes are able to test ketone levels as part of their management for sick days. Um, there are currently only a few meters available that can be used for blood ketone testing. Um, yeah, these do include the PharmacoCare Sense dual meter. Also available is the Freestyle Optium Neo, the Freestyle Libre Reader and the LifeSmart 2 Plus Blood and Ketone Meter. Um, urine ketone testing uh, can be used if blood um, ketone is testing is not available as well. I've used several of these brands in my diabetes clinic. I always ensure that people diagnosed with type 1 diabetes are provided with a meter that allows them to check their blood ketone levels. Even if it's not their preferred meter that they use on a daily basis, they might include one of 
those brands into their sick day kit. The Pharmaco Ketone Action uh, Card is, a, is another really great resource that I provide as a quick guide to um, keep with the ketone testing meter. It's got a colour coding system and that assists with people's understanding their levels and the action that required results that they get sort of uses a traffic light system so I find that's really great for people as a quick reference guide to Okay, good. Thank you for that. Now, as mentioned, sick day management isn't just for those with type 1 diabetes, and this podcast is just an overview. This is really a huge topic with areas such as MDI management, pump management, pregnancy, paediatrics and the like. So I'm wondering if you could please give our listeners some of the basic principles or take-home messages to remember sick day management that we can use to support someone with diabetes during intercurrent illness, please. Well, thanks, Jan. Um, Yeah, I agree. It's a really large topic. Um, Some of the key principles of um, sick day management um, include ensuring that we provide that education and having a sick day management plan. It's a really important aspect of diabetes education and for everybody living with diabetes. This education and the development of a sick day plan should be attended as soon after diagnosis. That's particularly important for people who are diagnosed with type 1 diabetes and that the plan should be regularly reviewed The sick day plan should identify what the role of the person with diabetes is, what their their support people and the members of their care team. Um, It should be prepared with input from the person with diabetes and all of those that are involved in their care. Um, A sick day management plan should be individualised and reflect the type of diabetes that's been diagnosed and the medication treatment that's prescribed The ADA sick day resources, the guidelines, the fact sheets and the action plans are an excellent, excellent resource and an excellent way that um, can assist CDEs to achieve this individualised care. The sick day plan will need to be updated with any changes to the person's medication or diabetes management or changes to their care providers or changes to their social situations, employment, travel pregnancy. Um, It's important that a copy of the plan should be provided to the person and also recorded in their medical notes. Review of the sick day management plan should also be attended um, following an episode of illness with the person who lives with diabetes and their care team. That's important because it allows us to review what work, what needs to change and if any additional education is required to enhance the person's skills in sick day management and importantly to empower them to confidently manage this aspect of their self-care. Thank you so much, Jodine, for your time today. It's been really interesting and useful chat, I think, Um, and such important information must be up to date to support those living with diabetes. And I thank you for coming on to talk to us. Well, thank you very much um, for having me today, Jan. It's been a pleasure. Thank you also to listeners for taking the time to listen to this podcast. And to obtain CPD credit for this podcast, please go to the ADA Learning Management System, or LMS, at learning.adea.com.au and complete the feedback and evaluation. The links and resources discussed in today's episode will also be available on the ADEA LMS. And this podcast is proudly supported by Pharmaco Australia Limited, 
supplies of CareSense blood glucose monitoring system. So until next time, it's goodbye from me. Thank you.